You are now tuned in to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's get ready to suck it. Welcome to your room. Snack bar, Lambeau Field. I was scalded by the cheese of a flaming hot nacho. You play to win the game. He starts to come and then he pulls out. Oh, it's from a slice of gabagool. Finish him. Welcome back to another episode of the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your boys, Dom and Mark, back again for another episode, a Mm -hmm. spooky, scary, it's a spook fucking tech killer, that's right, episode 30, you're a big 3-0. How you doing? How you doing on the uh, Chop Sports Network? Yeah, it's a big spectacular for you folks. It's, it's a spectacular. <laughs> so right now it's uh, time of recording, Sunday the 23rd. Yeah, we're going in. Our typical Sunday uh, ritual. Cruising into Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this will be released right before Halloween. How about that? That's why we're doing this one. So last night, getting in the Halloween spirit, mm-hmm. right? I've been on a um, Halloween kick, the movie, Mike Myers, right? And Mm -hmm. we already kind of discussed our feelings about Halloween ends. Yeah. um, So I'm not going to go into that. If you're interested, listen back to the last episode on that. But I decided to go back to the original timeline Mm -hmm. of Halloween. So I started the original one, Mm -hmm. John Carpenter's Halloween. I mean, know that. I don't even have to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know, like the first two scene. are like imprinted in my brain, yeah. scene by scene. And then I watch the second one, which is basically an extension of the first mm-hmm. one. Right? I love the second one; it's my favorite one. Is it really? It's my favorite one at all. Interesting. Yep, my favorite one. I think it's the best, the most well put together. Had the more brutal kills. And you know, John Carpenter hates that movie. Really hates it. I love it. Hates it. But yeah, so I watched one, two, and then I got to three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I skipped uh-huh. three, <laughs> went right to four. Of course. And early on, right, this is the introduction to Danielle Harris mm-hmm. as uh, Jamie, who is Laurie Strode's daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a mention early in the movie that um, Laurie Strode, Jamie's mother, and her husband died like six months prior. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it made me think like mm-hmm. there's a lot of it's there's 10 years between yeah. Halloween one and two and, and four, 14 and four. Yeah, there's there's 10 years. So you think about this, like huh. Laurie Strode had a life, got married, mm-hmm. had a kid. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you want to go with the timeline, how she died, maybe she had two kids because yeah. Josh Hartnett, H2O, H2O She's alive in H2O. Right. Right. So here's what I, here's what I propose. Mm-hmm. And it kind of connects most of the timelines together. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And I, I, so Let's I, this hear is this theory. This is what I'm thinking. Lori Strode. Um, they say she dies. She had her. She was married. Died. Now the kid's an orphan. Now she gets adopted by the Lloyd family. So mm-hmm. she goes by Jamie Lloyd. Um, but what has happened in those 10 years before she was adopted and before Laurie Strode died? Mm-hmm. So I would focus in on that story of what's going on in Laurie's life mm-hmm. in those 10 years. Yeah. So what I said was, what if during this time period 
Lori gets like dark, right? Okay. It, it would make sense considering yeah. all what the trauma been she's through, been PTSD, through. whole nine yards. I could see that. And she goes kind of um, street justice vigilante style. Rogue. Okay. Yeah, like completely like rogue. Oh, you know, I love my street justice, my vigilante style movies. Those are my favorite. So she's kind of identifying throughout Haddonfield, maybe somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, kind of who these psychopaths are. Mm-hmm. And then she's killing them one by one. But as she as she does, she starts building a connection. And all of these people that she's running into and mm-hmm. serving justice to, all everything comes back to the cult of Thorn. Okay. So because they get introduced in four. So you're right. So everything goes back to the cult of Thorn now. Okay. And she's making these connections, but she doesn't quite know. She doesn't know what, point, what it is. Yet. Yeah. Right. But maybe they all have the same tattoo or, you know, there's something mm. out there that that's there's building these connections. Somewhere. Yeah, definitely. During this time. Also, she is married and we don't really know who her husband is. Um, there's an assum- assumption that it could be, um, what's the guy's name? Mike, I think, or something in Halloween <clears> too, <throat> who was the, um, the ambulance guy. Oh, the, yeah, the ambulance yeah, driver. Yeah. So, you know, you can make an argument that he's yeah. the husband. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. But here's the thing. Lori starts finding out as she's building the connections of Colt of Thorn that some of these things are leading back to the home front. Yeah. And what she finds out is that her husband mm-hmm. is actually ops. Oh, shit. For Colt of Thorn Ooh. and was assigned Ooh. to marry Lori. Okay. To keep eyes on her. Kind of like... Uh um, what's her face in Total Recall? <laughs> the blonde chick. We Arnold goes back after Recall. It was it was all fake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all set up. But yeah, um, that's awesome. I like that. I like how it ties in like that. It makes sense right there. So then he's ops, right? Yeah. Lori is dead, and so is the husband, right? If mm-hmm. we go back to Halloween Four. So what has happened? So during all these years of vigilante street justice, and you know, figuring out, and finds out her husband's. In that it, so she it, finds it, that it out leads up to that. Okay. It leads up to that, right? So yeah. she finds out, and then he also knows as well that she knows. Okay. So then it's this whole chess game that's going on mm-hmm. between them. And eventually they duke it out. Mm-hmm. Both die. Or but she kill him. But here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Lori actually doesn't die. She fakes okay. her death. I kind of saw to that escape the like cult. That. It works. Yeah, because she could kill him and play it off. Yep. I like that. I like and that. so then I'm thinking, where does Loomis, you know, kind of fall into this? Mm-hmm. So now as I'm kind of formulating these ideas, I'm using Joe, Joey uh-huh. Blue Reviews, as oh, like you a bounce, reference. you bounce this off of A reference already? check, yes. Yeah, <laughs> as I was telling you, I was also telling him. So I was like, tell me if this makes sense. Would this, you know, make sense in this type of timeline? Like uh-huh. all of that. And um, so, yeah, it, it was like the perfect source to go to as, <laughs> oh, as yeah. these ideas were coming to me. He's the perfect source. For so, sure like so I was like, "Does can Loomis die in this timeline? He's <laughs> like, depends how, if you want to play with the timeline or not, because mm-hmm. Loomis is still alive and the other one still. Yeah, yeah. So I, I said, OK, so how about this? Lori, during this time period, is communicating with Loomis, but only through mm-hmm. like letters. Okay. Right, like letters, and, and <clears throat> yeah, you know, maybe he's she's he's old school. She's getting updates on on Michael or something like this, or like just the town or whatever, or something. Right, she's getting some type of intel. Now her husband catches on that she's talking to Loomis. Well, 
So he's still alive at this point? He's still, yeah, so okay. I'm backtracking. Okay. Yeah, so he's still alive at this point. He sees that, you know, he catches on that she's talking to Loomis. Colt doesn't want her talking to Loomis. Mm-hmm. And so they send someone on the inside of the mental institution or wherever Michael is mm-hmm. to um, off Loomis. Okay. But Lori catches it in time to warn Loomis, and Loomis abruptly mm-hmm. retires and, like, disappears. Mm-hmm. So like she'll she'll get him out of it, but that's yeah. that comes that's when her and her husband actually come to the final yeah. blow. Like okay, there, yeah, at yeah. That point, I like that. I like that. It's already it's already almost like it's already written out. You know, like only thing that would have to be done for that is some dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's it because that's already perfect. That's perfect. I like that. I like where that's going. And there's a ton of like sub stories in between. If you want to accumulate like ten years worth of stuff, if you really mm-hmm. want to make it like a true sequel to uh from number two Mm -hmm. like on and then i was saying what would be the best way to distribute it right how how would you release this and i'm thinking you know again 10 years you have a lot of content Mm -hmm. you could sure you could put it into a movie format maybe get a couple movies out of it but what i would do and this kind of like been my idea with a lot of stuff lately is put it into like a series like either a netflix series or something like that Mm -hmm. and um, that makes the most sense Man, think about Everybody all the opportunities for episodes, yeah. you know, how many episodes you could make out of that, how many seasons you could get out of it, and then all the sub-stories in between. So I think there's plenty of opportunity there. I don't think anyone has gotten <laughs> this in depth. Maybe, but maybe. No, I feel like if you go on like Reddit or like some Halloween zip boards, there's probably been some, there's probably been some shit like this. Well, let us know, guys. Like, <laughs> what do you think of the timeline? Like, do I, you think do you think yeah. this is a good idea? Yeah, I like it personally. I like it. Do the folks out there like it? That's the question. So I think you know if I keep pitching it, I keep thinking about more ideas. I asked John, like, would you write this with me? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, we should, we should definitely do it. So I don't know, man. If I get motivated enough, maybe just I can start. You if know, you ain't got nothing going on or something like one day you're just bored, not nothing, then just like fuck. It. Let me just put pen to paper real fast or fingers to keyboard. And just uh, see what happens. Yeah, man. Because you never know. You might start and like be on a roll and be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing this. Every time I get some free time, I'm gonna knock in a little more of this because I keep getting ideas. And it's been a long time since I've kind of put the pen to the pad for this mm-hmm. type of creative creative writing. Last yeah. one really was there was two, and it was back when I was shit, man. I think living in my apartment or even mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. I was still home. Yeah, and there was two of them. One was an original. Mm-hmm. And then the second was, what you know, is oh, the reimagining the of the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre yeah. that I want to do a fan film of. Yeah. And um, I actually still have that script. Mm-hmm. So that one actually saw through. Yeah. Um, going, if I went back at it now, would I change so Probably. many things? Probably. Yeah. But I actually wrote it all the way through. And yeah. for me, that's a good thing because I, I never, yeah. ever complete anything <laughs> yeah <no laughs> you know same. um so so that was cool then i had an original one called progression and it was about some guy losing his mind mm-hmm. and focuses on stage of stage of how it progresses and paranoia and mm-hmm. you know all this crazy stuff that one was cool i don't think i finished it but i was like right there on uh-huh. the end and <laughs> i never did but the mm-hmm. goal was always to convert those to film mm-hmm. and um this one i think i would just be happy writing man and, mm-hmm. and seeing what happens yeah because you could just keep going you know, it's not like someone's like, all right, yeah, I can finish this and like, boom, 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 be done. Like you could keep going with that and just keep going from forever. Imagine if I keep coming up ideas and Netflix bought it or oh, someone yeah. bought That'd it. Great. You should be like, yo, I wrote this. Boom. That's how that's all people do anyway to get fucking like con- like comics and shit like that. And like comic writers and like 
uh, just screen, screen right people who write in general for film all the the only reason they write in general at all is because they know somebody who got them a script somewhere and somebody big and someone wrote, read mm. it and they liked it you know that's all it is yeah. you just got to find the right person like if you really wanted to pitch it, I'm sure you could find somebody maybe you might even know that works and be like oh here take a look at this see if you like it you yeah know? possible you never know I you really don't. You really don't. But like if Scott was still in that industry doing that shit, I'd be like, if I wrote something like, here, give this to your producer. Mm-hmm. What they say. And I, dude, I wouldn't want to even like direct it, produce it, because I have no idea what I'm doing when it yeah, comes yeah, to that. Yeah. But I'd like to be like kind of on as a, mm-hmm. you know, a um, like an executive yeah. producer, but not really. It just, yeah. They just put give me that title. Yeah, and they your story. It could be story by Don Morrow. You know, yeah, too. exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, have me on set. Ask me for some suggestions. Let me give some feedback. But I don't want to do all the grunt work. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't know what the fuck yeah, I'm exactly. doing with that. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> I just want to give you a cool story and, like, run with it. But I would not sell it to Blumhouse. No. Fuck Blumhouse. Like, that is one requirement. And I am saying A24. that. On record right now. No Blumhouse. If Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Blumhouse approaches me for this Blumhouse story. Approaches me. I don't care <laughs> how much money. You know, I'm hanging out and here comes Blumhouse. You know they what? Throw. We want that story. I am not selling. Get out of here. Haddonfield. Yeah. That would be the best working title. Perfect working title, too. Haddonfield. Perfect. The Lost Years. Haddonfield. Yeah. Haddonfield. I like that. Yep. I like it. But yeah, no, I, overall with this Michael shit, like that's probably the best like little idea I've heard like that in a while. It's better than just reimagining the same fucking story right. 30 times over right. and over again. You know, and beating the character into the dust, not even using him in the last one. We trashed it last episode, so go back. <laughs> yeah. And there, people are still going crazy. Yeah. because it's, it's They can't believe it's it. It's absolute fucking sin. It was, it was a sin. It but a, a lot of people are saying... That if it was a standalone movie, it would have been good. Would be better. I don't know about. I said, good. yeah, decent, decent. Yeah, I don't know about good. It would be probably better. I could probably stomach it a little more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, what else did you want to so, get into? Today, yeah, bro? this is our spooktacular. We were we were talking like not too long ago recently about like actual like real life like uh, paranormal shit, like getting like seeing ghosts and sure believing in ghosts or whatever ufos or whatever and i think everybody you know there's people like most people i think have their own experiences with some with certain shit like we we each have our own experiences with some shit which is you know that makes you think like yeah this shit definitely is real you know like there's no way you know this shit is not real <laughs> it's like impossible like i've seen certain things in my life where i'm like i can't even explain that you know, I see videos that day made no sense of trees moving. You ever see that one? You ever see those? I have. Those are weird. Those made no sense to me. Like, how the fuck is that happening? Just a tree rolling through the ground like that. Like, it looks like he's getting dragged, but like, it's weird. It's just weird. There's so much weird shit out there. There's so much shit you'll never know about. They'll never tell us, you know, like truth about so much shit. But uh, I figured maybe we can get into our own little ghost stories. You know? Yeah, yeah man. If, uh, um, that if we wanted good. to, you know, our own little experiences. I like we all because we, we definitely have each of us have our like a bunch <laughs> probably. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about the best way to set this up. Yeah. So I think I can start mm-hmm. because I think there'll be some overlap in terms oh, of yeah. experiences. Well, a, lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff that I had was at your house. Yeah. So exactly. exactly. I have one standalone that still fucking gives me chills this fucking day. But so I'll just kind of start like origins. Um, last week we were talking about a little bit that I had this 
And this was, I'm gonna go back to my first, what I feel is my first paranormal experience. And it's not at the house on Willow Street, mm -hmm. it was on Jansen Avenue in Avenel, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I had what some would perceive as a um, imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. And I named him the Eek, mm -hmm. and the way it was spelled is very distinctive. Like I just knew it was E-E-K. I'm like still scared to kind of like look yeah. up what that means. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> to this day. You haven't ever? I would have did it like uh, the second I found the internet. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. No. Um, but I have not. But it what that was, and it used to kind of live in the hallways of my house. And we mm -hmm. had a very just small, tiny first house mm -hmm. in Avenel. And there was oh it, it was always a black figure mm -hmm. and it had like a long neck and like a football shaped um head mm -hmm. almost like et style okay okay but all black <laughs> yeah yeah and it had a long arms mm -hmm. and claw, claw hands and i'm letting the red beady eyes right and the infamous red beady eyes let me tell you that is when you started describing that i'm like that's a shadow person like you that's funny you probably never knew about a shadow person Dude, I was like yeah. four years exactly, old. Man. Exactly. But as you got older, you probably found out shadow person. Oh, shit. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had those experiences very early on mm. in life to the point where now things, it takes a lot for me to really get mm -hmm. spooked. So I always talked about this eek to my mom. Um, my, what'd your mom always, what'd she say about that? Uh, because you know how your mom is. She's connected. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I um, understand shit. I, I, I don't know. It's that's a, that's a good question. We're going to have to ask yeah. her, um, what she thought about the legitimacy uh, uh, of the eek, because I'm not sure. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I think not she sure. She would have an idea if she, you know, she's living in that house. I think she'd have the feeling. You know? I think maybe she kind of played it off. Like it wasn't real. So I wouldn't be oh, okay. scared. That's yeah, true. Could you know, know? Yeah. I think that was the strategy there. But I think, um, you know, under it all, she yeah. probably knew something kind of weird was going on there. Yeah, because the way she's connected to everything <clears throat> like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way she wouldn't have noticed that in the house. Yeah, my mom has always been very um, sensitive to the spiritual world. Like, if you believe in that stuff, like ghosts and spirits, entities, like all those, like she just mm -hmm. has this um, strong connection to that stuff. And I have it. To a degree, and I used to have it a lot more when I was younger, for whatever reason. Um, but anywho, when we moved, um, we moved into onto Willow Street in Port Reading, yeah. New Jersey. Represent, represent. It was the same block <laughs> that my father grew up on, Yeah, actually. Um, so it was a, a bit of a homecoming to him. Uh, my my mom's mom, my grandma, like lived around the block. Like every, um, so everyone it was like was close. Everyone was close. It, 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 it was, it worked out for the family and things like that. But I know my mom never wanted to move into that house. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like from, from the jump. So, you know, again, early experience. And it's crazy. She's still there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, it's crazy. The, the experiences with the eek when that yeah. house, that was one thing, but things really picked up. Oh yeah. Big time. When I moved to that house. <laughs> oh, and man. I don't think there was a connection that like mm. stuff from that house crossed no. over. This was like I think this brand. house was his uh, was its own fucking playground. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, when I try to explain it to people, it's like this was le a legitimate portal. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. At times, this house. I felt like it was a legitimate gateway to somewhere else. It did. 
All a, the time. a different world. Yep. Whatever you want to call it, that's what it was. It was something different. And things would cross over from time to time. And I think we experienced these things very early on yeah. um, when we moved into this house. And that is very much those first, I would say, five years yeah. were intense. Yeah. Intense. You know, I have a few of my, you know, favorite ones that like I like to share and I will. Yeah. But let me pass it to you first. Oh. And um, you want me to share something from that house? Yeah. Like so <laughs> some of the things, right? Like just from your perspective, like oh, how me coming into the house in general. Yeah. Like what were your thoughts yeah. on the house? Like in general with the things that were going on in there? Well, I never was like scared to go to your house. You know what I'm saying? I always wanted to go there. Like I thought it was so much fun. Like and like that shit like when we get like freaky and like get into like the paranormal like like start like challenging ghosts like fucking around like I love that shit like I used to get my fucking you know heart pumping I used to get excited but when I first I remember first going over hanging out with you at your crib over there I remember like because when we met we like started playing like fucking FBI <laughs> like X Files oh yeah FBI. I mean, we were into that we were in second grade we were in second grade. And we're walking around acting like these fucking detectives. You know what I'm saying? Like X-Files shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, we were already playing it into that shit. And then when you told me there was, like, yeah, my house was, like, you know, there's definitely something going on here, isn't that? And like, so we'd go there and we'd, we'd try to fuck around and we'd find out. <laughs> like, uh, so sleepovers at your house. We'd sleep over and there would always, something would always be happening. A noise, a cabinet opening on its own, a sink turning on by itself. Like... And when you see these things happening as an outsider, like you just like, well, well, I, I have to believe what I'm seeing because there's no way you could be faking this, you know? And the dog usually picked it up oh, first. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. He had a dog, Jake. And he used to be the, once his ears went up, he'd like perk up and walk around. We knew something was about to be up like seconds away from happening. Yeah. So I'll tell you one. So one time, one particular, this one was fucking creepy. We were sleeping at your house. This is one of your, I'm not sure if it was one of your birthday sleepovers or not. We we used to sleep over your house all the time for your birthday, your birthday sleepovers. But this is like I'm probably it probably was one, but we were indoor, not the outdoor one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were inside, and I remember like we were just chilling, whatever. And like we at first were spooked because we saw a weird light in the bathroom. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like a weird green light, and it was just in the bathroom. It made absolutely no sense. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And like, it was coming in like a weird angle. Like we'd even go and like, look and like, how the fuck is that? Like there's try to like, couldn't figure it out. And so we were like creeped out from that, that finished. And everybody started falling asleep. And I remember me, I think Ostrowski, I don't know. Probably. Probably. Maybe a point too. Maybe. I know we went to go play uh, General Chaos on Sega Mm -hmm. in your room. Second we go in, we turn the TV on, we start playing. The TV just turns off on its own. I'm like, oh, all right. Turn the TV back and I'll start playing. The, your your blinds fell down after that. And we're like, oh, okay, I guess they don't want us to play. So I'm like, this is weird. And we set up whatever. And somebody was laying on the couch behind me and I was laying on the floor. And your floor was fucked up anyway because it felt like for, for some reason the ground just started breaking apart one day. Remember that? <laughs> like the floor forwards are just coming up as yeah. if there's like a coffin coming out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. Like just random as hell. So the floor is all fucked up and I'm trying to sleep on it and I'm laying there and I'm looking like I'm just chilling. And then the fucking the the the, the closet door. And then this is how I used to put Dom's room at that point in time. That to me was the actual like the heart of the house. 
Lucky me. Yeah, I would definitely say that downstairs room was like the heart of the house. That's where they like that closet. That's where they came. That's where they went <laughs> in that house. So like I'm like laying there on the floor, and all of a sudden like the door, the, your closet door just creeped open, just a tad, not nothing crazy, just like a little like like that, like nothing, like. I'm like, like almost as if the wind could have like someone opened another door and that mm-hmm. one could have pushed that one open. So I didn't really think much of that. So just because it was like, mm. but like maybe 10 minutes later, I'm starting to maybe fall asleep a little bit. I hear like a train or a truck is coming like down the block, like down your street about to drive through the side of your house at 100 miles an hour. Like, like, I'm like, what the fuck? And like, I look in the girl, like I look towards the fucking closet and I, the sound is definitely coming from that way and not to the left. And I just picked up my blanket. I fucking ran out of that room. Four seconds later, Strassi comes running in. Why the fuck you leave me in there? (laughs) So yeah, that was terrifying. Still never figured that one out. Yeah. You know, it, it, it did some weird things with the TV often. Yeah. It would turn it off all the time. The volume would go Mm -hmm. up or down. Or it would just shut off. That was like the infamous one, mm-hmm. especially if people were over. Yep. And you know what's funny? I like mm-hmm. feel like Ostrowski, our, our buddy Mike, he he was like a trigger for those. I think a little bit, probably. You know, there were, he would have activity in his house too. Yeah. And he still talks about that. Yeah. So like it's crazy. Like there there was definitely something that's like activated when he was in the house a little more. Mm-hmm. Um it it would just I don't know, for whatever reason, there was a a sensitivity or a connection there or something, but I'll actually, I'll, I'll share a story involving him mm-hmm. uh, amongst others uh, when we come back, but we're going to take a break first. So you guys just hang tight. We'll, we'll do the card segment. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it later. Um, but we'll finish this first. So yeah. hang tight. We got stories. We'll be back after this. Guys, behind every great sports fan is a spouse or a significant other that tirelessly puts up with us day in and day out. And sometimes they're even bigger fans than we are. At Shop Sports, we're all about helping all brands expand their business. And today, we want to talk to you guys about a women's clothing company out of North Carolina called Lilac and Sage Boutique. Tell them, Dita. Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned, LEL-spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. They were founded by those who serve. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. They have all sorts of amazing styles, ranging from women's tops, rompers, to sundresses. I myself have already purchased way too many items, and I'm coming back for more. Guys, you have to act now, and at checkout, be sure to let them know you heard about them via Chop Sports by entering the code CHOP10 and get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Visit them online right now at www.lilacsageboutique.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook, at Lilac Sage Boutique. And join their mailing list like I did so I don't miss any of their new arrivals. You heard it from the producer herself, ladies and gentlemen. Check out lilacsageboutique.com. What's going on, ladies and gents of Chop Sports? It's your boy, Sturch, again. And today I want to talk to you about our newest affiliate and sponsor, and that's the Fusco Insurance Agency. Michael Fusco has partnered up with Chop Sports, and we are very pumped about every single service his company has to offer. The Fusco Insurance Agency offers personal and commercial lines, life insurance, health insurance. They even help with retirement and employee benefit administration. They offer accounting services through Prestige Tax Group, tax preparation and planning, bookkeeping, payroll, retirement planning, insurance, asset protection, and even life settlements. Guys, they even fix your credit, okay? They have credit repair through their own physically fit credit repair. They offer exclusive plans, and Fusco's promise to you is that you can't lose money, and you can participate in all the gains with a cap. 
If you're looking for a blend of personal service and expertise, you've come to the right place. They offer a broad range of services for business owners and independent professionals. Their rates are affordable. They're very experienced. And of course, the most important part about this whole thing, they're very friendly people. Visit the website right now for more of the ins and outs that Michael offers at www.fuscoinsurancecompany.com. And we are back for the second half of episode 30. You are tuned into the All-Star Vintage Podcast Spooky Edition. Me and my sister had our own little fucking horror marathon yesterday, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Before before we get into that, Uh, and listen, I know it's a tough tough thing to talk about right now, but how was the... uh, Philadelphia oh, Eagles no. and Cowboys game you no. guys watched together. <laughs> no, it wasn't as bad as I thought. She was usually, she's usually very obnoxious, mm-hmm. but I think she she toned it down. So she was respectful. Yeah, because she knew I was pissed off. <laughs> so, but I had a feeling like, yo, when the game got in a certain way, I'm like, we're not going to win this game. We can't have this dude throwing the ball 50 fucking times. He's not that good. Once he started turning the ball over to him, like it's a nightmare. It's not going to happen today. The nightmare, man. Yeah. So it wasn't as bad as I, 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 I kind of, once we got down in that game, I'm like, we're not coming back. So I, I kind of accepted it early and she was respectful. I okay. got it to her. <laughs> but now it was kind of real quick before we go into the fucking back to the stories. I watched some weird Halloween movie last night too with Damon Wayne's on Netflix. Oh boy. Or Marlon Wayne's. I'm sorry. And he's got a family and he's like a scientist. And like his daughter was the black little black girl from uh, Stranger Things. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, so and this is current. Yeah, this is brand new, okay. and it's like a little Halloweeny family movie. It was all right, but like he's like taking everything has a logical explanation. And all. he's like he doesn't blame any spirits, and she does. His daughter does. Okay. But like at one point, the one thing was like ridiculous though is she gets so she meets these new friends at a new school, like goth kids. He goes. Oh, she did all the. You live in that house. That house was blah 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 blah. Madam, whatever lived there. Like she was like this mistress, whatever. She lived and died there. So this girl goes and gets a Ouija board app on her phone, right? And she's like, mistress. Like I wish it was this easy to summon a ghost. She goes, mistress, are you here? And then the thing just goes here, and then oh, and then the door opens on its own. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> like it's that easy. That's all you had to do. Is download an app. You fucking ask. Just download download an, app an app and ask. Download an app and fucking ask. That's it. I just thought that fucking cracked me up. I'm like, give me a break. They did like, there's no, there was, they did you like, I'm like, they must be pressed for time in this movie because they just jumped right in. Like, like, okay, spirits <laughs> are real. We're here. Boom, boom, boom. No problem. Actually, I actually appreciate that. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the build up takes too long. It's true. But like, this was like, when you see, you'd be like, all right, that's a little quick. <laughs> like a minute. We already got a ghost here. But uh, yeah. No, besides that, back, back to the real deal. Okay. You know the real saying? stuff. The real shit. Uh, you were saying before we signed off. Yeah, so we're, we're yeah, talking story. about yeah, we're talking about, about your house in general <clears throat> and how right. fucking creepy it was. So for those listening that have been to my house, you, you know what we're talking about already. Um, we're talking about also our buddy Mike, who seems to like mm-hmm. you know attract these things even more. And you were saying because he kind of had those experiences uh-huh. at his house too. So for whatever reason. You know, they used to come out more often when he was around. So one day, and this was a freaky thing about my house too, is like, you think haunted house? You think nighttime? Scary? Yeah. Shit was happening during the daytime, dude. The daytime. And I think that was even scarier. 100%. So like, (laughs) you know, me, little background, but like my mom, like visually seen them and was able to engage them. Yeah. Whereas I heard them, like literally like heard them, Mm -hmm. voices. Conversations, dozens of people at the same time. So, like, coming home from school, every day, 
you know, um, I guess mom would be at work or, or something. And I'd open the door. And the second I open the door, it sounds like there was a conference going on upstairs, <laughs> upstairs yeah. dude. And I remember you, that you, there'd you, be times I'd, I'd walk in like that too. Like, what the fuck? And you couldn't really make, you know, any sense of what no. they were actually saying. It was just kind of like Charlie Brown style. Totally that. But then they realize I'm home and they stop. Yep. Immediately like silence. Radio silence right off the bat. Creepiest thing, yeah. dude. Because there, uh, there was proven intelligence there that they recognized I was there and they stopped. Uh-huh. And it, that's just weird. It, yeah. It, it, and it, it wasn't a one-off. It was consistent. Yeah, it was all the time. Almost every day. I remember one time I went in there by myself and I was like coming like, I think you're probably taking a shower or whatever. You just told me, you know, basically I'll just walk in. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, same style. Blah, 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 and I sat there for a second. I just heard like, blah, 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 and then I shut the door. And the second the door went, boom, radio silence. Weird. I was like, huh. So it was one of those type of days we walk in um, again, right after school. So what, 3.30 in the yeah. afternoon, something like that. And we go in the kitchen, we're bullshitting, you know, getting some food, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, at first I was like playing around with, you know, joking around about ghosts or I, like I did a prank mm -hmm. or something, like literally just fucking around. And then I was like, nah, nah, it's just me. And mm -hmm. shortly after that, maybe it got upset that I was mimicking it or something. Maybe. But shortly after that, it sounded like a pin or, or a screw or pennies, yeah. right? Yeah, something like that from the top of the steps fell down and rolled down the steps. And, you know, Mike looks at me and he's like, <clears throat> you know, did you do that? I'm like, no, like that was definitely not me. Okay. Yeah. A few seconds later, you start hearing the banging upstairs. Now would you'd hear that'd be a weird that'd be a thing you'd hear often at your house just the random banging banging like people are jumping mm -hmm. on the wooden floors upstairs banging right start hearing that okay now shit's getting serious then the faucet turns on yeah. upstairs yeah. guys no one's home yeah this is an empty crib nobody <laughs> is home except the two us. of you that's it so then I'm like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. Go. Like, I'm out. Yeah. We don't play this movie bullshit where you stick around. Look at oh, back in the day. See ya. Out the door. So I <laughs> jetted out my back porch. Mike was second, right? I went first. He, he went after me. And he swears to this yeah. day. Oh, yeah. That when he turned around and he shut my sliding door, that the cabinets in the kitchen mm -hmm. were all open and swinging. I and the faucet that. downstairs. In the, in, the, in the sink of the kitchen was going. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude. I, dude, it's fucking, his house is just like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, remember the one time we were downstairs and we heard that weird noise. We came back and all the furniture was like 30 feet away from yes. the fucking table. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and nobody wow, was I home. about that. Nobody was home but us. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the kitchen. Obviously, we had a kitchen table and like four chairs around it. Right? Yeah. And we hear something upstairs like, moving around shuffling we go look and the and the chairs are all pushed out yeah far like not like inch to like feet away from the table like and no one else is home no one was there no same deal <laughs> yeah the last time i want to say i had an experience at that house was me and me and scott saw a fake dom <laughs> that was like shortly after 9 11. yeah so that, was, so like, that was quite some time ago yeah you haven't lived in a house in quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like a period towards the end where it kind of just died down. It was kind of cool for like the last like eight years, seven years, something like that. 
you know i gotta have my mom on because she has oh yeah she has uh, she has more because she has stories from you know seeing a little kid run around the down in that house like seeing physically a little kid running through the kitchen and getting close to her like every day closer and you get closer. more comfortable yeah. yeah and one day she was like right in front of him right like right there yep it's right there yep face like, to face with a, a fucking ghost child there was also like an old um like revolutionary style soldier i heard about him he would be in the living room right yep. on the couch all the time always looking out the window and he was kind of repetitive like that's all he did yeah I mean, and there's another one where might have been the kid there was a couple of mischievous ones but mom was in bed my dad was still alive at this oh, time yeah i remember this he was sleeping next to her and she got woken up by, like by someone tickling, tickling her feet her feet right yeah your mom always had a good kind of relationship with the whatever was there though it seemed like very you know i guess cordial relationship i don't know like i'll let you stay here don't bother me type of deal yeah like, yeah but i mean sometimes it was you know yeah i mean yeah. I, hands on <laughs> yeah pretty damn close well, I remember you were saying you back in the day you'd get shit scared of like shit walking into your the stairs and all that i do i couldn't sleep yeah I, I mean, for, and this is for years i mean yeah. i'm talking like elementary into middle yeah no sleep at night yeah because and i wrap myself around you know over the covers over me so tight i'd be sweating my ass off all night but i would refuse to mm -hmm. look yeah because it would start like this Everyone's upstairs. Everyone goes to sleep. A little while later, I hear people coming up the steps. You know, one or two people coming, then proceeding to my room and then starts moving things in my room. And then there would yeah. be a smell sometimes. Oh, the smell would bother me. I would not. Mm -mm. And that was always like, all right, I know you're here. Yeah. You know, before anything else, it was, and it's a, it's hard to describe. I wouldn't say the feeling of someone standing over you. Well, that the feeling, yeah. absolutely. That's the worst. That's the most. So I can never, I can never yeah. look, you know, I can never take the covers off. Yeah. I, I was terrified of yeah. what I'd see. Yeah. And, and I was a kid, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? So it, it was, it was terrifying, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was getting at the age where I'm like, I can't like be running into my parents' bed. Yeah. And telling them I'm scared. Yeah. So like, I, I I just laid there, eyes wide open all night. Yeah, and then I hear fun. things like voices. Dude, did you ever get so terrible? You'd be like smothering the corner of your bed. You know what I'm saying? Like up against the wall. Completely, dude. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, terrified. Like this completely terrified. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there ton. ton again, we could go. Yeah. There's chapters and chapters. This, we can do chapters. Stuff. This house. Yeah, we're just gonna keep it kind of high level. High level today. But yeah, there's so. I call fake Dom is it was around nine 11 time. And uh, we were at Dom's house, you know, for something. And me and Scott were there and he said he was going to do something. But then we look and he's walking up the stairs up to his room. So me and Scott followed him up there. And like, I'm like, yo, what's up? And like, we thought he would have been hiding because he was nowhere up there. Once he got there, we're in his room. The light was off. We're like, yo, yo, look at his mom's room, bathroom, the computer room. Look at him. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? We're just standing there for a minute and Scott's doing this stupid ass voice like Dom. So like if you're up there, you were laughing like there's no way you weren't fucking laughing. So we're like sitting like, where the fuck? All of a sudden the front door opens and Dom walks in from the front door. We're like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I had to go light the candles for the 9-11 thing. Like the little walkway the in the front again. that they were doing. And I'm like, no way. You're like, yeah. I'm like, how long were you out there for? You're like, oh, like 10 minutes. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that still bugs me out. 
Because I was, I mean, Scott were like, what the fuck was that? Then who do we follow upstairs? You literally followed somebody. It was you, (laughs) you know, it was crazy. Yeah. Me and Scott were bugged out after that. We're like, what the fuck? (laughs) But no, I actually have a fucking very creepy story from um, just my everyday travels in life. Not not from that house. Most of the shit I had is from your house. (laughs) Most of it. But this... This creepy time was just creepy as hell, and it still bugs me to this day. So I was, uh, I deliver shit for a living, you know, like I'm a courier, I deliver fucking pharmaceuticals, you know, and you name it, I fucking move it probably if it's in the medical field. So sometimes we do direct to patients, which is like to people's houses. So it's not, uh, it's not like rare for me to have to go to somebody's house and deliver something. So. I get the address. I go there. I go to this house. It's literally in like Flemington area. I want to say it was. And it was in the middle. Like, you you know, woodsy area that is. It was like in the middle of nowhere, like by itself, like an old creakety fucking farmhouse, like out. No, in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I roll up in the driveway. I look. I'm like, all right, this is the spot. I get out. I go. I knock on the door. I ring the bell. And there's nobody answering. I'm like looking around like, what the fuck? And the door is open. I'm like, oh, shit. So, like, I just, I pushed it open a little more. I'm like, hello? Door's open. Um, we got delivery. <laughs> so like that. And somebody said, they're like, come in. Like, from upstairs, like, come in. I was like, all right. So, I came inside. I closed the hey door. Now. And I stood in the hallway, like, in the little foyer there. And I see the stairs over there. And I'm just chilling. I'm chilling for, like, a couple minutes. And I had called my dispatch when I was outside. And I said, no one's here, bro. Like, you know, you got to figure this out. Give me a call and let me know. Cause I was answering the door and nobody was answering until I kind of saw it was open. I was like, Hey, hello. And someone was like, I'll come inside. They were just, it wasn't come inside. It was just come in, but it was distinct. I heard her come in. So I was waiting there. I waited for like five minutes. And then my uh, dispatcher calling back to like, Oh, Hey, uh, by the way, you're at the wrong ra- address. I'm like, what? Like, that's the old address. You have to go to the new place. I'm like, Oh shit. So I'm like, all right. So I was like, I yelled up. I'm like, hello. And no one replied. But I'm like, uh, I'm going to go to your uh, new address. I have, you know, I'm going to go make the delivery over there. I'm sorry. I, you know, I went to the wrong one. No reply. But I'm like, sorry. And I walked out. I left. I fucking drive. I get to the new place. I'm talking to the guy. I'm delivering. He's like, oh, yeah, it's my old house. You know, we still own it and shit. No one's there. I'm like, when he was like, no one's there. I was, I was like, we mean no one's there. He's like, yeah, no one, you know, no one's stays there and not like that. I was like, well, I was just inside the house. And he looked at me like I had six heads. He was like, you were inside the house? I was like, yeah, I was inside the house. He was like, how? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's locked. I'm like, no, door was open. He's like, he's like, no, it couldn't have been open. I'm like, why? He goes, I have the alert on my phone. So when the door opens, the window opens, it comes on my phone and I can see the video and shit. And I was like, well, I was just inside. I told him, I'm like, I was just inside. I described the inside of the house. I was like, I was just in there. And he's like, hold on. He goes back. He goes on the tape and he rings it back. And I have the exact time on my phone because I like when I got there, I have to click on my work phone like what time I got there. But since I never made the delivery, I left it running and I went to the other place so I can pinpoint the exact time I was in that house. So I pulled out the exact time. I told him to pull that exact time up on the camera. He pulls it all the way back. Boom. You see me at the front door, like do one of these on the side like this. Then I pull back. Cameras just stays fine. You don't see me at all after that. I'm not in the house whatsoever. It's just regular house activity. No one in there, just stale house. 
I'm not inside. Come on. Nothing's open. The doors aren't open. You only saw me for a split second do one of these. Back up. And I know I did that first. Waited a while. Then I opened. Like, I just tried the handle and it was open. So that's why I went in. Bro, it's crazy. The door never opens. I'm never inside the house on the video. My fucking hair stood up when he showed me that video. I was like, oh, dude, I felt dude, so weird. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It still makes no, no sense, sense to bro. me. None. Zero. Makes none. No sense whatsoever. And I had asked him, I was like, has anything creepy ever happened in that house? Because like, I'm like, I was in the fucking house. He's, he's like, yeah, it's a pretty weird house. So he just said, he's like, yeah, it's a pretty weird house. That's all he mm. said. I'm like, huh. I think he knows something more than that. Probably. Probably why he doesn't live there anymore. Yep. <laughs> he didn't say anything about that. But, you know, it goes beyond just the elements of seeing a ghost. Exactly. You were physically, physically transported mm -hmm. into a different area. Where was I? Right? Right. What like, realm were you in? Right? What the fuck? Were you in a different realm? I don't fucking know. Did you cross over into I, something bro, I somehow. Have no fucking idea. I mean, that is the only like. I don't even <laughs> want to call it logical, but like logical, logical thing, yeah. thing I could think of. Because like you the, stepped into something. Because the camera shows I never right. stepped inside the house. It was so weird, bro. And I had the time. I'm like, scroll even further. Scroll even further. And he's scrolling. Nothing. It doesn't show that door open or close at all. None of the windows move. Nothing moves in the house. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Unbelievable. But I, but I saw everything in that house. Like, like I was in there. I mean, I feel like that's a um, that is a story that needs to be on Unsolved Mysteries or yeah. something, dude. You could submit that. I want to go back to that house. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, can, can we? Yeah, I know where it is. I've never forgot. I think I pin oh, I pinned it on my old phone. I could find it though. But now we know that there's security there. I mean, we yeah. probably can't. Yeah, true. I would go past it though. Wow. <laughs> just to just, see. That, that's just eerie, dude. Yeah. Like I said, that's one of the creepy. That's the, the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me, hands down. Makes no sense. None. I was terrified too. Afterwards, I was like, Ugh. I was shook. I was very shook after that. All right, so here's the deal. Now mm. we gotta switch gears. Yeah. Okay. We are at the. It's twelve forty six right now. Okay. Cowboys that? are on we're at almost, one. Yeah, we're at football time. Okay. A lot of directions we could go. Okay. We're not gonna do Jersey talk. We're gonna yeah, we don't bring that we back are. next week. <laughs> yeah. We could do card segment. Okay. We could do ha ha. Uh huh. I and, that, and that could probably run us out. Do the two? Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's do it. All right, brother. You ready to do some card stuff, man? Yes, the unnamed card segment. Whatever noises we can make. Woo yes, yes, yes. And remember, next week we will be back with, with Jersey, Jersey Talk. Jersey Talk. Jersey Talk. We might be transitioning to the NBA. It's possible. We'll find out next week. Okay, first card, we are going defensive side of the ball. Yeah. It's a Topps Stadium Club card. Mm -hmm. um, he is defensive tackle mm -hmm. for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And we're looking what at, let's what see, year? the year, the year is 1999. One and only the freakish John Randall. Yes, indeed. It has to be. That's Absolutely, awesome. man. That's awesome. John, he was a fucking absolute fucking was animal. a monster, absolute animal, blind, blindingly quick defensive tackle who shows 96 sacks in nine NFL campaigns at the time selected for each of the last six Pro Bowls mm -hmm. oh, has never missed a game at that time, finishing 1998 with a streak of 144 games consecutively wow. played. Wow. Earned third NFC defensive player of the month selection. Players don't play like that anymore either. I mean. 
out of control, this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall was one of my favorites. Classic. Such a good fucking D-end. That's a good one. That's that one's going to one. be a, uh, a tough one to beat, but yeah. let's see what else we and got. It's going to be a tough one to beat. Might have to look that one up already, the value of that one. Number two, if you are a Jets fan, mm-hmm. um, this will be your favorite, obviously. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's on the offensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. New York Jets, a running back at the time. Um, let's see. This card is a upper deck in 1991. His rookie year was 1990. Do you know who it is? Cur- it wasn't Curtis. No, he, he was not point. Yeah. He wasn't even in the league. This was a Jets uh, draft pick. Was it? Uh, no, actually, he was not a draft uh, Jets draft pick originally, this one. He was uh, originally drafted in the 11th round at the time of the 1989 draft by the Minnesota Vikings, but uh, most known as a Jet running back. It is uh, Brad Baxter. Brad Baxter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a rando Jet. Brad Baxter, yep, um, out of Alabama State. Huh. Yep. Alabama. Um, nice so jet pick. yeah, a little jet history little there, jet, and then um, the third race staying on the offensive side okay. of the ball, okay. But um, going to the NFC now, mm-hmm. and it's a score 2012 Detroit Lions first round wide receiver <laughs> out of Georgia Tech. Oh, he was 6'5, oh 236. Is that the almighty pounds. Megatron, come on, man, you already know. Whew. Nice. Is that his rookie card? No, it's not his rookie. Um, I was about to say, look up the value of that bad motherfucker. This is a 2012. He okay. entered the league in 2007. Okay. So, um, but look at some of these stats, man. From mm-hmm. 2007 to 2011, mm-hmm. 48 receptions, 756 yards, four Oof. touchdowns. Okay. Nothing crazy. Yeah. But in 2008, 78 receptions, 1,331 mm-hmm. yards, 12 touchdowns. Exploded. Go. 2009, 67 receptions, 984 yards, five touchdowns. Okay. 2010, um, 77 receptions, 1,120 yards. Quarterbacks at this point in time were shit as well. And 12 touchdowns again. Wait till Stafford gets there. Watch some numbers. But um, so, yeah, that is the three. We have, again, John Randall of the Vikings, Brad Baxter of the Jets, and Megatron, Calvin Johnson of the the Lions. So you want to look at the Randall. Yeah. You're curious on the uh, dollar value there? I do like like the Calvin. The three here, I do like. Let's see. Yeah, uh, mine as well. So I'm good with this. This bad boy right now has been sold, autographed for like, (laughs) no. $7.50. (laughs) Not terrible. $7.50? Yeah. And even without any type of autograph like that, it was $3. Okay. (laughs) Look at that. Sold for $3. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I will take it. So that Mm -hmm. wraps up the The card card segment here. So now we're going to go and we're going to make a transition (laughs) to moment of the day to end off this Halloween spectacular episode, this spooktacular episode 30. Um, It's been fun telling ghost stories that were creepy. But um, now, uh, especially now, since why now yeah why now especially now because philly's up in this series in this uh eastern uh that should be uh national league championship series phillies are up and i know exactly why they're up and why they're going to win this series it's because a group of old fucking loser men from san diego decided we have to make a rap song (laughs) to um you know 
show our to, fandom, to show our fandom, and, and really hype up the fan base of the San Diego Padres. And it's done the complete opposite. It's just made you look like a bigger joke and a complete fucking farce fan face, like far, <laughs> fake fan bullshit, <laughs> fart like fan fake. fucking yeah. I can't even talk. I'm so fucking my tongue so twisted over this stupid shit. Because I watched this video and I couldn't fucking believe these old men have the balls to do this. And then I walk around in public afterwards. I was saying, imagine if that was like your dad or yeah, somebody. Yeah, if it was my dad, I'd be like, oh, this is over. My life's over. All of a sudden, your friends are texting you. It's on TV. It's yeah. on social media it's everywhere. It's here. Oh, That's what's in. God. What so without disaster. further ado, we're about to play you uh, six old douchebags who fucking uh, embarrassed their city, their children, and their families. So here you go. A second to get out of the way and then get my camera going because this I have a feeling it's got social media written all over it. Oh, okay. yeah. All right, so San Diego, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Philly going down to yellow and brown. That's what's in. Padres on the loose. Let's go, goose. That's what's in. Bryce gonna lose and Manny's gonna cruise. That's what's in. Give Philly no slack and send them back. That's what's in. So back, Philly, back, back, Philly, back, back, Philly, back, back, Philly, back, back, Philly, back. Yeah, so that was the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. I really never want to hear that again. No, and that's why the Philadelphia Phillies are going to go to the World Series, because that's their competition. That's the type of people rooting for the team they're playing. So with that scene said, that was this week's <laughs> moment of the week. I hope everybody had a fucking fun time with this episode. It was a good time. And don't forget to yeah. visit the shop. All star right. vintage dot shop for That's all right. your favorite vintage sports gear. That's right. Now I'm going to go watch the Cowboys, hopefully style on the Lions. Take it fucking sleazy. We out. This has been the all star vintage podcast. With your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. We'll be back with another episode whenever we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs>